Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Finds Struce back to Larry. There it is, three-pointer. Won't go. Rebound, Paul, Paul, Paul. They're not going to foul. The Heat will let it play out. It's over. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. They motioned him back in the backfield to see Manor zone. They got zone. There's Barkley. Picks his way into the end zone. Head over heels for the Giants' touchdown. He's gone from essentially a two-pitch guy really to a five-pitch guy. Schwarber belts it toward the right field corner. High and deep. And there goes another one. His fifth career home run off Zach Davies and the Phillies strike first. Why? Well, I don't know. I, I guess because we were having fun getting beat, and uh, they didn't like that at all. We went home happy. They went home mad. Sosa one more time, and mercifully comes to an end. Diamondback six-game winning streak is snapped by the Phillies, who even the series at one game apiece. 15 to three, the final. We'll flush this one and look to Merrill Kelly tomorrow night to get back in the win column. The two from Scherzer, and the breaking ball hit in the air. But this ball is out of here, and Giancarlo Stanton has struck at City Field again. His 24th home run in this ballpark, his 38th against the Mets, and it's the Yankees who take the instant 1 0 lead. 364 when he led the league in hitting in 2020. And he launches this one at deep left, and forget that. DJ Second home run Scherzer's allowed tonight, and that cuts the Mets' lead to five to three. Allen fires to the end zone, wide open touchdown, and there he is, Stephon Diggs. His eighth touchdown of the season. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Wednesday, June 14th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. We are broadcasting live today the Sports Zone and the Extra Point from Putting World, located at uh, 16259 North Scottsdale Road. And uh, you know, come join us beginning at 10 a.m. And we'll have much more specifics about Putting World, especially from 10 to noon, with Kayla hosting the Extra Point. In today's sports zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Nuggets, do we watch the start of a dynasty on Monday night? Meanwhile, Saquon Barkley, should he sit out some of the 2023 season? The Diamondbacks, what's the biggest reason they lead the NL West? Max Scherzer, is he done? 
the Bills, or they uh, should they be concerned about Stefan Diggs' off-season approach? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9-15, one final look back at the NBA Finals and look ahead a little bit to the offseason, including some Suns with Mo DeKeel of The Athletic and also Bleacher Report. 9.30, interactive action at 6.02, 260-1060. Also, the local roundup that included Diamondbacks and Phillies Rewind. Won't take very long from last night. Also, time pending a little DeAndre Hopkins news and speculation, which is kind of thrown together these days. Final segment of the sports, that'll be the National Roundup. That'll be topped by the latest line and from the MLB scoreboard. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it'll be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include a U.S. Open preview with Kayla and Alex Myers from Golf Digest. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And as usual, we started the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, did we witness the start of a Denver Nuggets dynasty on Monday night? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Hi, Corey. Leading right now looks to be no at 67% of the vote there. Yes, at 33% right now on KDUS1060.com. The core of the Nuggets roster, Jokic, Murray, Gordon, and Porter, they're under contract for multiple seasons. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, should Saquon Barkley uh, in a contract protest, should they actually should he have a uh, contract protest uh, holdout to start the 2023 regular season? And, Corey, what do we have here? Majority saying no at 77.8% of the vote. Yes, at 22.2% right now on KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter. Barkley did not deny that sitting out might be an option after he at least refused at this point to sign the franchise tag worth $10.1 million for the 2023 season. Meanwhile, on the local front, the first place Diamondbacks were no-shows last night. This has not happened often this year, in fact, rarely this season, but they did perform poorly last night. Bad pitching, bad defense, lackadaisical play, and the eventual 15-3 loss to the Phillies. What's the biggest reason the Diamondbacks throw away last night? What's the biggest reason that they lead the National League West? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, Max Scherzer is either too old or broken. The former Diamondbacks first-round pick watched his yeah, Mets teammates get him an early lead, but Scherzer, for a second consecutive showdown start, imploded and was knocked out early in the game. Uh, are, am I overreacting uh, from you know, the latest bad start for Max Scherzer, who has now a, uh, a posted a 4.45 earned run average so far this season? The majority of mandatory mini camps in the NFL are this week. That includes the. Uh, Tuesday hype machine, uh, topping that uh, hype machine was Stefan Diggs, who was not on the practice field in Buffalo, and you know, Sean McDermott publicly voiced his displeasure. There's all kinds of stuff from Team Diggs and Team Bills that seems to be conflicting. Anyway, uh, is it a big deal that Stefan Diggs was not participating in the Bills' mandatory, the first mandatory mini camp, mini camp practice 
or uh, you know, so he's supposedly angry about not getting targets during the 2023 season-ending loss at home to the Bengals. Also, in addition to those outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? Uh, it's the pipeline for today. We get all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by, uh, are we witnessing the start of a Nuggets dynasty? Also, a little off-season stuff, including some Suns discussion with Moe DeKeel from The Athletic and also Bleacher Report. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. General discussion at 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup topped by a little Diamondbacks and Phillies from the last couple of nights. Diamondbacks made a lot of roster moves on Monday. I wasn't here yesterday, so we'll get to some of those at the, some strategical point either at the bottom of the hour or during the extra point. Once again, we are uh, uh, broadcasting live from Putting World, so come join us in Scottsdale. Uh, door is open at 10 officially. Much more on Putting World and everything that uh, Putting World offers uh, during the extra point hosted by Kayla in the next two hours. Right now, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Is the Nuggets' first championship the start of a dynasty? And uh, for one final look at the 2023 postseason and an early season look at the uh, 2023 uh, offseason, I guess, so to speak, including some Suns, we're going to try and track down Mo DeKeel from the Athletic and Bleacher Report. But uh, Kayla's here. And uh, hi, Kayla. Hello, Bob. Good to see you. Yes. It has been a while since it I've has, seen you. It has been a while. So I think know, 2022, right? That would be 100% correct. Uh, you know, well, I don't know when the when last time you showed up for a Cardinals game. <laughs> I think it was 2022 because the last okay. one was on the road. Okay, that's true. Yeah, I remember you, you know, the Christmas night game was a fiasco. All right. So we do have Mo. Uh, so on to Mo DeKeel from uh, the Athletic and Bleacher Report. And Mo, good to have you on the show as always. The Nuggets, uh, they finished 16-4 and in the postseason, 10 wins in the last 11 games, never faced elimination. Obviously, Jokic and Murray were great, but as a team, what in mo- what most impressed you about the about the Nuggets? Just you know, the run that they had through the playoffs. I think that it was just they never panicked, and I, I and maybe it starts from Jokic, but it was never a situation where you know guys would go out and hey, Bruce Brown would step up, Aaron Gordon would have a monster game, Michael Porter Jr. would have some plays. 
Christian Brown had his own game and <laughs> practically won game three, it felt like, on his own. Um, I think there's just everybody stepped up in moments when they were needed, but they were never phased by situations. Like when Jokic fouls out, in, or excuse me, gets into foul trouble in game four, no problem. Murray just steps in, and, and, and the entire squad just rolled from there, and there was just no panic in that. I think was probably the most impressive thing is just their composure. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Michael Malone has grown as a head coach. In what areas do you think he has shown the most progress? Yeah, I think, honestly, he's, he was always a really great coach. I think part of the situation was, you know, he was in Sacramento, and that was a weird organization and things like that. I think he's grown in terms of just, I think his X's and O's is excellent. Now, part of it is, look, you have Nikola Jokic. <laughs> so that, helps. <laughs> that helps a ton. But I think he does a great job of just the pulse of the team, when to push guys, when not to. I mean, look at the growth that we've seen from Michael Porter Jr. on the defensive end. And I'm not just talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about the entire season. That's coaching. That's development. That's him working with you know, with Porter on, on, hey, we, these are the things we need from you. This is what we need you to do. You do this, we're going to win a championship. And it paid off that. Yeah, Aaron Gordon, he's the University of Arizona alum, and I actually thought he was really the best defender for of any team, uh, for any player in this postseason. How's his game change in Denver after he was the man in Orlando? Well, I think that was the thing, was he was miscast in Orlando as he's the man. He's the number one option or number two option. For being honest, he's not that guy. And we know that because Orlando didn't really do much. They were a very mediocre team with him in that instance. He's come to Denver, and he slides into the perfect role. I'm going to be your best defender. I'm going to guard the other team's best guy. And then on top of that, I'm going to be a third or fourth option. And what works perfectly with him and Jokic is that he's such a great cutter, it creates opportunities. And with Jokic, again, if you cut and you're open, he'll find you. And I think that's one of the things there that kind of made Aaron Gordon the perfect fit. Look, when they traded for him originally, you know, a few years back before the Jamal Murray injury, I thought this was a championship team. This team's ready to win a championship right now. Then Murray goes down and it's a two-year odyssey. It's a little bit difficult in that sense, but... That was the missing piece for the Denver Nuggets. Is this the first championship of a Nuggets dynasty? And what what actually qualifies as an NBA dynasty? Yeah, I think, you know, look, it's, we're, we're always so quick to do to throw the dynasty talk after right. one championship. I usually say, hey, you got to get to the next finals before I start talking about dynasty. And the way the NBA is set up now, it's the, the windows are smaller. I don't think the opportunities are as long as we think. We always go, like, it last six, seven years, and it's three years. It's, it's one of those types of things. I think with they have all the tools. They have guys under contract. They're in a great situation. It'll be interesting how the new CBA will affect them as well in terms of adding pieces and, and, and making moves going forward. But I think they have a chance to be really solid at least for the next few years. I mean, they definitely should be the favorite next year to win the championship, although – we spent the whole year this year when they were the number one seed trying to trying to pick them apart. <laughs> I was at the top of the top of the ladder, probably doing that because of the road record concerned me. Mo DeCue of the Athletic and Bleacher Report, curling in the Sports Zone. Okay, the Heat. 
Uh, they've lost in the finals in two of the last four years. What do they need to do this offseason to get over the so-called hump here? I think they, they, they need to add talent. I think, honestly, the one thing we've learned from these runs with the Heat is that Bam Adebayo is probably not your number two guy. He, he doesn't score enough consistently. It, it, I was a little bit disappointed in his offensive finals performance. I thought, you know, defensively he's really good. I think they need to add somebody. Jimmy can't carry you. He, he ran out of gas. He, you know, whether it's the ankle, whether there's another injury we're going to find out about later. He just simply ran out of gas. They need to add some more offensive firepower. And as fun as it was, the Jay Vincent story, the Max Drew story, the Caleb Martin story, talent wins out, and they need to do. They need to add talent, and they probably need to add some size as well. Along those lines, over the last couple of days, I've heard Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal mention his possibilities. Are those realistic possibilities? I think, you know, Dame could be realistic. I think Bradley Beal probably not. I think it's part of it is just his contract is so massive. He signed that super duper max and, you know, it's at $250 million. I think teams are going to kind of have a hard time saying, hey, we're going to we're going to go after him and then deal with the tax implications that come with it. Again, this new CBA is going to come into effect and it's going to change the way he's sort of are built and operated. And I think that's going to be an important aspect. Dame's a realistic possibility in the sense of he, if he does demand a trade, that's going to be high on his work because he's going to want to play with Bam. He's already, I mean, he basically said it. So <laughs> it's that simple. It turns out the Suns actually won the most games against the Nuggets in the playoffs. But there, there are obviously a lot of questions about the Suns over the next few weeks, including the futures of Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. How should the Suns proceed this offseason? Yeah, I think they need to just fill holes, and I think that's going to be a very difficult thing to do with the roster constraints that you have. And I, I, I think the, the the starting point for me is I would actually try to find DeAndre in a new home and try to turn him into two or three guys if I can. You know, they're not going to be superstars. I'm not going to be trying to demand a one-for-one hall type situation. But if I could turn DeAndre in just throwing out names just no just throwing out wild stuff here folks don't want anybody go like well you said this would happen uh <laughs> like throwing like say yonder eight into charlotte for like a combination of like pj washington maybe terry rozier or something like you know along those lines of turning them into multiple pieces to kind of fill fill out your roster here a little bit we saw what happened it was really a two-man roster and that that won you two games against the eventual NBA champions, but it's not going to be enough really to go through an entire season in a playoff run. The Suns hired Frank Vogel. Personally, I haven't gotten over the Pacers' Game 7 loss to the Heat, which was not his best coaching moment. Uh, what do you think of Vogel? I love him. I think he's a great coach. I think he got a uh, raw deal here with the Lakers after winning a championship. You know, he wins a championship, and then they create a roster that's not capable of winning a championship and look at him going, like, why can't you win a championship? I think that's one of the un- unfortunate deals of coaching sometimes. And I and I think he was scapegoated with the whole year with Russell Westbrook. I think ultimately he's a really good coach. He's going to get you to defend. And I think with this, the guys you have on, just those two guys you have on offense, offense will kind of figure itself out. He'll put in some good stuff and create some good action. But the most important thing is he'll get the defense right. Talking with Mo DeKeel of uh, the Athletic and Bleacher Report. 
Okay, all the coaching vacancies have been filled, including Monty Williams catching on in Detroit and Philadelphia, landing Nick Nurse, who, if I remember correctly, is not your favorite coach. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you think of the coaching uh, you know, cycle now that it's over? Yeah, and you're right on that. Nick Nurse is not my favorite coach, but I actually think that's actually a good place for him, uh, depending on how things play out for them. He'll, he'll get them to play defense there and, and defend – that's what he does, and I'll still have a lot of questions about their offensive creativity. I think it was a pretty good coaching hire uh, cycle. I think across the board, we saw some new names kind of get moved around. Adrian Griffin in, in Milwaukee, I think he has a chance to be pretty successful as a new, you know, first-time head coach. Um, Toronto is going to be interesting in terms of how they move forward and, and, and build up and keep everything going there. Uh, it's 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 interesting. Um, we'll see. You know, the thing about coaching hires is, like, this is great, but we have to see what happens when these guys are coaching games. That's true. These things, they, change, they change quickly sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, also, looking ahead to the offseason, are there a couple of player movement storylines that kind of top your list in the, the upcoming offseason here? Well, I think this is going to be a very trade-heavy offseason more than a, a, a this guy signing their situation. Um, I think the biggest free agent name, whether he's the best free agent, the different story is Kyrie Irving and everybody will have questions as to where he goes. But I think we're going to see a lot of movement just sort of in trades. I think we're going to see stuff where you know, I think this is probably the, the one year where we finally see Damian Lillard move. This might be an opportunity where we're going to see a lot of different names get mentioned here because the free agent class is not that deep. You know, we're talking about guys like, besides Kyrie, we're talking about like Gabe Vincent, Dylan Brooks, and things like that. I don't think people are that kind of enthralled with the uh, the, the free agent run. So I think we expect a lot of trades, which means there's going to be a lot of trade rumors going into all of these things. The Warriors, obviously, Bob Myers already has announced his departure. What What do you think happens uh, with the Warriors player personnel-wise? I think they bring it back. I think they just try to look to, to build around the edges. I think their core of Curry, Draymond, and, and Clay come back, and Kevon Looney. I think after that, it's pretty wide open. I can include Wiggins in that also. I think... That starting five is probably sticking around. I think they need to retool the bench. It won't surprise me if Jordan Poole finds a new home. Uh, they, again, they need to kind of add some more just firepower off the bench and, and guys that can play within their system. And I think it'll be very interesting to watch how that kind of evolves. But I don't think we're going to see a. I don't think we're going to see a whole new Warriors team. Okay, last up, being in Phoenix, I think I'm contractually obligated to ask about the Lakers. <laughs> so what do you think happens to them in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, they're a really interesting one. I think they I think they like the guys they have. They need to retool in some places, and the biggest question is what do they end up doing with D'Angelo Russell? You can't max him. He's not a max player, and I think it's going to be very interesting. But he played a role for them. I mean, he didn't show up in the playoffs, but I think for them they need to find a way to make – you know, either turn him into something that's a, a comfortable starter, but I think, or they need to find a way to create a, a system so that, hey, when he's not playing, we have a great option coming off the bench. And Schroeder was good, but he's not going to be good enough for them. So I think they're going to be looking at that court, sort of add some backcourt depth, and we'll see how that kind of plays out. And, you know, it's always going to be that possibility of LeBron and Kyrie teaming up again. 
Okay, that'll be that'll be fun to follow. <laughs> See how that goes. All right, Bo, I really appreciate all the time throughout the season. Have a good off season, and uh, we appreciate the basketball basketball education. Thanks a lot. Cool. I'm gonna miss you guys. <laughs> well, we'll try to. We might drag you out during the off season here from time to time. <laughs> Please do. I'm always available for you guys. All right. Appreciate Thank you for having. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Mo DeKeel, the Athletic and Bleacher Report. Check him out on Twitter and all his various ventures, uh, which he'll let you know if you check him out on Twitter. All right, next segment, phone call time if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. Also today's local roundup. Uh, we're broadcasting live from Putting World in Scottsdale. We'll get much more into the, uh, you know, this is quite a fascinating place. <laughs> Kayla's been telling me about this for several months now, and you're trying to picture what this actually looks like and it is definitely fascinating among other things and uh we'll get into that and she'll get into that much more during the extra point from 10 to noon so stay tuned for that all right next segment once again phone call time general discussion 602-260-1060 also we'll get to some local roundup you're listening to sports though with bob kemp on kdusam 1060 and kslx hd2 100.7 It's time for today's local roundup. All right, welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kesselux HD2 100.7. We're broadcasting live from Putty World in Scottsdale. Come join us. The doors open at 10 a.m. And uh, Kayla and I, well, Kayla will be hosting the uh, extra point, of course, from 10 to noon, much more on Putty World during the uh, next two hours. All right, we'll get to phone calls in just a couple of seconds. First up, the Diamondbacks did not resemble the best team in the National League. Uh, last night, their sixth game inning st- uh, winning streak ended. They're now 41-26, uh, and 26, which is still the best record in the National League. That was after last night's 15-3 loss to the Phillies. In one of the few ugly, non-competitive games this season by Torrey Lovello's team, Zach Davies was hit hard during a four-run, 35-pitch first inning that includes also a bad throwing error from third baseman Emmanuel Rivera. Uh, it didn't get much better. Davies was gone after three innings, six runs, four earned on six hits and three walks. Davies not helped by his defense, including a misplayed routine fly ball by Jake McCarthy in center field. Left fielder Corbin Carroll, who was last week's National League Player of the Week, didn't know how many outs there were after he catched a fly, uh, caught a fly ball for an out. He thought that was the third out of the inning. It was the second out of the inning, and JT Riomuto easily scored on the play. Uh, the, the, the Tuesday dud followed the uh, Monday's, uh, uh, yeah, I think, somewhat fortunate Diamondbacks 98 victory uh, in the series opener against the Phillies. The big thing on the last two days, though, the Diamondbacks made several roster moves on Monday. And the, the additions that both of them should make the Diamondbacks, I think, even a better team. Carson Kelly was activated after he missed, uh, you know, the first 65 games of the season with a broken forearm. He was hit in, uh, on a pitch in spring training. Uh, his addition, I think, lessens the uh, previous excessive workload for catcher, rookie catcher Gabriel Moreno, and also Kelly's uh, receiving skills should help help out the entire pitching staff. Also, Joe Mantiply activated from the injured list. 
The left-hander, if he remains healthy, is a valuable piece of the bullpen. He actually pitched three innings last night because they needed somebody to you know, take up some of the, uh, you, know, you know, they needed to save the bullpen for the next two days. That was the second of a four-game series here against the Phillies. Corresponding moves, uh, Kevin Genkel and Jose Herrera got sent back to AAA. Genkel has mostly been an effective pitcher. And in large part, I think he was sent down. He still has minor league options. Plus, he uh, yeah, pitched two innings, was actually the winning pitcher, then gave the Diamondbacks a chance to win the eventual comeback win on Sunday at Detroit. Herrera is a good MLB-level defender, not good in offense, offensively. Also on Monday, Kyle Lewis was activated uh, from the uh, injured list and uh, an option at AAA Reno. If the Diamondbacks... Uh, Outfielders, the major league level outfielders are healthy. Uh, and if Lewis does anything in AAA, uh, if he hits well in AAA especially, he could be part of a trade package for the Diamondbacks before the deadline. The bottom line, after the last two nights, the Phillies have won eight of their last ten games. Up next, game three of a four-game series against the Phillies. Merrill Kelly tonight, eight and three with a 292 earned run average against Ranger Suarez. Uh, who uh, started the season on the injured list. He's come back. He's 1-2 with a 476 or run average so far for him in his young season. All right, on to the phone lines we go. And uh, Jeff and Awatuki, what's going on? Hey, Bob, how are you? I had a good little pump bag. This is Dave from Tucson. How you been, buddy? Dave in Tucson. Okay, we'll try that. How are you, Dave? Are you okay? I'm, do- I'm doing well. I uh wanted to catch you off guard, so I had to think of the most random place, a random name I could think of, so Jeff Mawajuki was it. Great. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're now doing an alias thing on me. Come on. That's right. Hey, I, uh, it's been a rough few weeks for me. I mean, the Celtics let me down. Oh, yeah, I thought uh, about the that. Sox, yeah. The Sox suck, and the Bruins uh, let me down. It's been a rough go, but we're moving okay. on, Bob. You know, I, mean, I won't bring up the Red. I won't, I won't bring up the Red Sox the last couple weeks. Oh my God, the bullpen is off. My goodness, you know. Actually, I, they're starting. They start. The starting pitching surprisingly has been pretty good here lately, though. I know, like yeah, Paxton's been okay. Chris Sale has got a noodle arm. You know, he looked good for like two days, and then he got hurt again. So yeah, he's out awful. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. Sorry, Dave. I've got I've got the Red Sox under seventy eight and a half wins, so I root against them every day. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Uh, the Celtics they disappointed me. Uh, you know, Caleb Martin and, and uh, Gabe Vincent looked like the second coming of uh, Ray Allen out there when they played against the Celtics, and they totally flamed <laughs> out as I, as I predicted. It was very frustrating, Bob. But uh, there sorry. will be no Nuggets dynasty because the Celtics will be in there next year. Oh boy, you're already looking ahead to with enthusiasm Absolutely. for an opti- in optimism for next year. Okay. I'm the, I'm the most optimistic, pessimistic person there is, Bob. <laughs> okay. Good deal. What else going on? Anything? Well, not U of A. I just signed another. We got another commitment of somebody I can't pronounce. He's got about That's 15, true. Uh, 15 consonants in his name, but at least it gets the ball in the basket. I think we're going to be well, pretty good next year, Bob. I would just wish they, uh, you know, Tommy Lloyd at some point would def- get, you know, recruit somebody that could get a stop on defense. That would be helpful. Yes. Yep. We need a we need a guy like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson, somebody who's kind of hard nosed oh. defensive player. 
that's a, that's exactly yeah everybody would need that guy seriously that yep. guy was yep. he was a tremendous defender even in the nba he was a bad defender but he was unbelievably good in college yep i'm sure you're happy because uh, kirk reeves the left right yeah i, I am kirk. what do you think no. about caleb love i'm uh, not a big fan of his either but uh he's you know Actually, if you gave me two years ago with Caleb Love when he helped Carolina get to the championship game, that was great. Um, I think you know there was a lot of talk about him and whether he was a team player or not last year at Carolina. You know, they obviously had a lot of their core back. In fact, most of their core back, and they underachieved. And a lot of it was, uh, you know, he was accused of being a selfish player. Apparently, there weren't too many people that were there in North Carolina really unhappy that he left. Um, so, and also this proves that uh, that uh, the University of Michigan is a better academic institution than the University of Arizona because they didn't let him into Michigan. Well, there was some. There was some. Uh, uh, we won't get into that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they, Davis is the best coach either. I mean, come on. No, I don't disagree with that. But he got him to the championship game, and there there were a lot of people that were you know in Carolina. There was not there was, I don't know if they threw like a parade and had a party that Caleb Love left, but uh, no, I don't think too many people were upset about it. Hey, Hubert Davis is the next Kevin Ollie. Right now. Oh well, Kevin Ollie's rich somewhere right now with all the money that he made off of UConn and the NBA a little bit, so he's doing okay. Okay. Uh, the UVA uh, football is looking better. I've taken the over. Uh, total wins, I've predicted six. You don't even okay. know what the total is. Five. Is it five? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good luck to you. Hopefully, that can stop somebody too. That is. That's that's the stone cold lock of the day. Okay, stone cold oh. lock. Get in your bag okay. and put it in there. Okay, good to hear that. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll certainly make a note of that. Okay, I'll make sure I check in a couple of times when I'm in the Valley to make sure that you know, we keep the cats on my bed. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. Okay, I'll look forward to that. And you could actually use your real name next time, okay? Okay, well, I don't know because I got booked before, so I get nervous. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you can't... You can't you know, actually, I don't know if there's a limit to how many times you get the gallery or not, but if you got the gallery, you deserved it. Yeah, well, I'm probably in the leaderboard. It's been a while since I called, but there was a point in like 2009 and 2013 I probably let everybody in the gallery. I'm just saying. Well, that's because you were hung over every morning in those days before you I got before you got before you got married. Before you got married, you're still drunk. Okay, or you got well, married and you, you you cleaned your life up. There you go. You'd be proud, Bob. I am. Very good. All yeah, right, well, thank you. Know, I'm your number one fan still listens to you, and I love you. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you very much. Good stuff as yeah, always. Yeah. Thank. You. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, Dave from uh, yeah, from Tucson actually. Uh, these days, Tucson used to be uh, Avondale, maybe somewhere in the valley at one point, and uh, he was a frequent caller back in the day and. Uh, Oftentimes after partying at night, but he cleaned his life up, got married, had a child, at least one. I don't know if he has more than that now or what's, you know, I assume everything's good there because I think we probably would have heard about it. All right, more local roundup here. Uh, the Cardinals 
among they're among the many teams that are having their mandatory uh, you know, preseason uh, mini camp. Uh, you know, not preseason, their mini camp this week. The biggest news is that Booty Baker Booty Baker's in the in the building, but at least the last couple of days wasn't on the practice field. Apparently, he and the Cardinals are trying to work out his contract extension. Baker earlier this offseason requested that the organization make him the highest paid safety in the NFL or trade him. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the tour continues. Last week he visited the Titans. Uh, this week uh, it was reported that he will visit the Patriots. Uh, and that's going to happen. They're kind of interesting to me and it's news to me. And it seems contradictory. Kind of contradictory. You know, Bill Belichick is, you know, stresses the importance of practice, something that Hopkins rarely did in Arizona and almost never did at the end of his career in Houston. And that actually upset Bill O'Brien, who was the head coach in Houston then and is now the Patriots offensive coordinator. So we'll see how that works out. Also, the uh, Hopkins did not really mention Ryan Tannehill in the Tennessee defense or Mac Jones in the Patriots defense during his, uh, you know, his uh, original list of possible destinations. The bottom line is I don't think there's as many options for Hopkins as he thought there were going to be um, and what he expected. And uh, I don't think he's going to get financially anywhere near what he thought he was going to get. But remember, the Cardinals are still paying in, you know, 20 or $30 million for this year. So maybe that's not as big a deal. Uh, the Cardinals did make a, a wide receiver roster move this week, a couple of them actually. They signed wide receiver Brandon Smith, and they also claimed, uh, excuse me, they uh, released, they, they, they actually signed uh, Brandon Smith. I'll get to more on him in a minute. And uh, they released wide receiver Auden Tate, who used to have uh, you know some NFL success with the Colts, among others. Smith, he's a big dude, 6'2", 215. Uh, he actually has been bouncing around. I'm really surprised. I know he had some injury issues. I'm not sure what he's doing as far as health right now. Maybe that's why he was still on the street. But he was at Iowa. He was a really good player at Iowa. Uh, and, and they didn't exactly have the greatest quarterback play at Iowa. You know, not as bad as it was the last couple years, but not the greatest from 2017 to 2020. Uh, he had, uh, you know, he appeared in 37 games. He caught 90, 91 uh, passes, 91 passes for 1,046 yards and nine touchdowns. And like I said, I liked him at Iowa. Surprised he was still on the street when the Cardinals signed him. And uh, I think the Cardinals are. You know, doing what they should be doing, accumulating uh, you know as many free agent uh, you know, pickups as they can at this point, and just see if any of these, if one or two of these guys pan out, good for them. If not, they'll be on the street again. No, they're they're not losing anything here. So give it a whirl. All right, coming up next, Corey will have a uh, news update that'll be followed by the conclusion of today's sports zone with the national roundup that'll be topped by. Some MLB scoreboard information from last night, including uh, Max Scherzer rocked in Queens by the Yankees. And what the heck? People showing up for the A's. And they're winning. A lot. Including the last two nights over against the, the, the A's that beat the Rays the last two nights. The worst beat the best. What the heck? It's a long baseball season. It's 162 games you might have heard before from somebody. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7.
It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Topping the NBA next season latest line. Here's a very vague list of consensus odds to win the 2024 NBA Finals. What I mean by vague is I kind of went through three websites and did kind of just a, yeah, like I said, it's just, just a, a vague estimate. But the Nuggets are favored. Uh, if you throw all these, you know, sites together, you know, five to one odds to win the NBA next season. The Celtics, who Dave mentioned in the last segment, uh, they're plus 550. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are at six to one. The Suns are fourth in this list at uh, plus 850. The Dallas Mavericks at 12 to one. Who's going to be on the Mavericks? <laughs> uh, other than, you know, I bet Luca's still there. Uh, but other than that, I don't know if anybody can bet, if anybody else is still there for sure. The Warriors, who I talked about uh, with Mo DeKeel earlier this hour at 12 to 1. The Warriors and the Lakers, we talked about both those teams with Mo. They're both 12 to 1. I'll go to like a couple, three or four more teams down here. Uh, the Clippers are at 14 to 1. Who knows who's going to be on that team? Uh, hopefully the main studs can actually stay healthy. The Sixers at 14 to 1 at this point. We don't know what their roster is going to be after you get past Embiid, quite frankly. Uh, the Grizzlies, Ja Morant, certainly not going to start the season. Uh, and I assume we're going to get some kind of, uh, since the, the playoffs are now over, I don't think they, don't think they were going to announce a suspension for, for Morant while the playoffs were still going on. Uh, to, to deflect attention away from the finals, but uh, the Grizzlies sitting at 20 to one, and the Heat, uh, I'll end it here. They're sitting at 20 to one. So, like I said, those are just kind of some vague numbers and kind of threw them together. And there's no scientific method there. Just trying to come up with an idea uh, for next season. All right, from the Major League Baseball scoreboard, as I mentioned in the pipeline, Max Scherzer is either older, old or broken at this point. Tuesday night, he gave up a 5-1 to lead after three innings. He didn't make it through the next half inning in the uh, eventual Yankees' 7-6 to victory. Serzer gave up five runs on six hits in that fourth inning. He left after allowing six runs total on seven hits with just two strikeouts in three and a third innings. Uh, the three-time Cy Young Award winner was booed by the Mets fans. Uh, at least the Mets, you know, there was a New York City crowd, obviously, Yankees fans there too. But the Mets fans, uh, it was a sellout crowd of 43,707 at City Field. The Mets have now lost seven of their last ten games. By the way, this two-game series concludes tonight uh, in Queens with uh, Garrett Cole, 7-1 uh, with a 244 run average, facing his former Houston teammate, Justin Verlander, 2-3 uh, with a uh, you know, 425 run average. Meanwhile, the Athletics have won seven straight, including the last two nights against the mighty Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Carlos Perez broke a, a tie with an RBI ground out of the eighth inning. The Athletics beat Tampa Bay 2-1 to one last night in front of a uh, spirited crowd at the Coliseum. A season-high attendance of 27,759 as the uh, Oakland fans had a reverse boycott to protest the team's planned move to Los Angeles. It was a pretty wild night. I watched some of this game just uh, 
actually I was more watching the crowd than the game itself. Uh, but uh, they had fans chanting at uh, times, sell the team, stay in Oakland, etc. Uh, that's almost for sure not going to happen. Uh, tonight, that series continues. Tyler Glass now 1 and 0, the 287 or a run average, making his fourth start of the season for Tampa Bay. Uh, also, Oakland will go with Luis Medina. As you might expect, he's not been good because he's with Oakland, but they've now won seven straight. But he's 1 and 5 in the season with a 753 or run average, but he did win. His first career, got his first career winning decision last Friday night in Milwaukee. That actually started their winning streak. That when they swept, uh, that was you know, part of the start of the winning streak. That was, uh, you know, they swept the Brewers at Milwaukee over the weekend. Meanwhile, the Orioles continue just to pound the Rays, uh, the Jays, excuse me, the Jays. Coming off the best week of his major league career, Gunnar Henderson hit his first Grand Slam home run last night, and the Orioles continued to win. They are 40-24. and 24. Uh, That's the best record they've had uh, since 2016. That's actually the last year that the Orioles made the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Jose Barrios goes tonight for Toronto, by the way. He's 9-0 against the Orioles in his career. This is another reason that I hate these historical stats in many cases. Almost all that success was against bad Baltimore teams and almost no the player none of the players that are currently in the Orioles lineup were part of when Barrios went nine and zero against the Orioles. All right, that's it for the sports zone today. We're broadcasting live from Putting World here in Scottsdale. Next two hours, it'll be the extra point hosted by Kayla. That will include a golf discussion with Alex Myers of Golf Digest. Stay tuned. Kayla's up next with the extra point, and I get to hang around. All right. Broadcasting from.